Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. Go! Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Mr. Joe Spiegel, and sitting across from me is the everly bearded... Mike Sutherland. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you, sir? I'm all right. I'm feeling good, fancy-free, and ready to talk about Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, That is our episode for the week. Um, We're also going to talk about Flicks of the Week. Mine is going to be... 2013 Spike Jones film Her Hot Shots Hot Shots Part 1 Part Uno <laughs> Part uh. Un Yes Un right. And then uh, well, maybe we'll talk about a couple of the, the uh, trailers that popped up during Comic Con Maybe 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 not Maybe not You're just going to have to t- stay tuned in and I don't know maybe even skip to the end to find out Yeah Alright so all that and more take it away Catherine Alright here we go Hold your ears folks it's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, how you doing? 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 All right, let's do it. Where the fuck did that come from? I don't know. I already gonna, told you what I was going to do with that. Got like gonna baby names? You're going to fucking yeah, yeah run that's them what off? it is. Baby names. Next week's going to be Bella. Yeah. Baby names, because you didn't hear me on the first the, when I when I wanted to do the Perry Cox thing, but it's okay. Did it already get taken away? Yeah. All right, good. All right, so uh, Mike and I went and saw Valerian, of course, this week, and uh, I I just want to point out that there's certain things that I'm I'm attuned to when it comes to Hollywood. Uh, Mike usually knows the details of things much better than I do, but certain things I, I'm I'm usually fairly aware of and one of them is about sci-fi films especially space related sci-fi films um a lot of times they don't do good in the united states because audiences just i don't know audiences are picky motherfuckers man alien covenant you know like like alien even alien covenant covenant is not not doing that well you know over here it's made like 75 million you know in the states um it you know the movie i think's got like 125 million dollar budget uh but other movies too. There's other side. I mean, you even go back to the original, uh, uh, not the original, but you know what I mean. The Fifth Element, uh, Luc Besson's 1997 film, which is a classic, which is weird to say because I saw it in theaters and <laughs> to say it's a classic now, but it is. Um, that movie, even though it made a bunch of money worldwide, it did not make that much over here. It made way less than its production budget over here in the it states. Made 232 million dollars. Yeah, worldwide, yes. Overseas, though, it took it took in way more than it took in over here. Over here, it was not a success. Um, and my prediction is, I, now, not worldwide, okay, for Valerian. My prediction for Valerian is, domestically, the movie is not going to do good here. Because, so what? Because, I don't know why you even need to fucking say that, but, um, Mr. Downplay, but... I'm not downplaying anything, I'm just... I, I made. A, I, I have. Made a, I have a. I have a response to this. I have. Okay. I made a prediction a long time ago that Valerian will not do good here because American audiences, for some reason, don't like to go see a lot of space movies. That, Guardians of the Galaxy. That, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. That aren't 
Usually, those are Marvel properties, dude. I mean, I'm talking about those are the safe ones to go to. Uh, you know, everyone knows about, you know, Marvel setting it all up, be connected with all the other shit that they're doing. You know, or Avatar, how much, you know, James Cameron, his name's on it, and how much they pimped the shit out of that movie, and Star Wars, and Star Trek. Those ones are the are what I call the safe sci-fi movies for, for American audiences to go to. But when you go in, when you seem to have something else that, that is a different idea, like say Dark City or Fifth Element or or even this one, Valerian and the City of a Thousand you know, Planets, it, it a lot of our fucking Jupiter Ascending, even though it's not a good movie, you know, or John Carter of Mars. You have movies like those, a lot of people just aren't interested in seeing them. Sure, you're going to have a core group of sci-fi fans, but... I'm talking about overall American audiences just don't. It's not true. You're completely wrong, completely wrong, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because you're focusing on the fact that it's sci-fi. Okay, it has the genre has nothing to do with it. I said space-related sci-fi. Doesn't matter. Space-related, fucking Blade Runner-related, whatever type of sci-fi, space-related. Okay, doesn't matter. The reason for that is is simple. It all comes down to one thing, story. When we saw the trailers a long time ago for this movie, and you were excited about it, this movie's going to be fucking awesome. It's going to do great. It's going to kick ass over here, right? It's, you know, the movie's, it's just, you didn't know that the story wasn't going to be that good for this movie, okay? You, I was interested and I liked it. Yeah, and you, you, you pretty much thought that it was going to do really well, okay? My prediction was that it's not going to do well over here, regardless if, I'm not talking about, you know, the fact that Luke Besson already has his movie paid off, which is very intelligent on his part, on his behalf, doing that. I'm not talking about that. I know the movie's already paid for. It's good. I'm talking about just over here, the way a lot of American audiences are, okay? They just, look look at Dark City. Dark City is a very good movie. No. Very good. It is a very good movie. Very, you know, it's very clever. And yet, it did not do well over here. Fifth Element did not do well here. $63 million. Here. That ain't shit. $63 million. What was the budget for it? The budget was like 95 For the fifth element? Yes. The budget was huge for that movie. I had to look it up on something else because it's You're not right. It was $100 million. I thought it was a $17 million. Why did I think it was 17 The fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, so domestically, the fifth element was a flop here. So what? Again, dude, people that make movies that are not from America don't give a fuck about America. It's just, it's just icing on the cake. I... I Listen to me. That's what I'm this trying is, to say. This is bugging the fuck out of me. I'm trying to make a statement on something, and you keep saying, <laughs> so what? I know. So what? So what? I, th- that's my statement. American audiences are fucking picky, and they're weird about things. Okay. Okay? Fifth Element's a great example, because we're talking about Luke Besson. Okay. Right? So, I'm saying that, regardless if Valerian's a good movie or not, this movie was almost destined to fail over here, because that's how American audiences are. No, dude. Look, you had... Look, look, look. look for example... Before Jupiter Sending came out, you had two shit movie with a bad fucking plot. Okay, and I agree. After after the fact, but beforehand, before you know anything about it, the Wachowskis' names on it, so you might, it shows a little bit, maybe some interest in there. All right, but the selling point: Channing Tatum and Mila Kunis. That doesn't that shit doesn't matter, dude. You're missing a huge part of this whole thing. Missing a huge part of it. What, Mike? When people go see movies. What's what's the fu- first fucking thing that they do after they go see the movie? They say what they thought about it. Yeah. And then they tell everybody. Yeah. This movie sucks. Don't fucking waste your time. But Jupiter Ascending looked interesting before we saw it. It doesn't matter if it looked interesting or not. Before we see the movie has nothing to do with it. 
Take that out of it. It's after. You're, the box office is built on all these bean counters going, this is how much the movie's going to make, and this is what blah, 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 right? Yeah. Okay. When a movie comes out and people go see that movie, they're going to go tell their friends, don't fucking waste your time. That's why we have movie critics. That's why they... And what bugs me about the movie critics is these people that go see the movie months in advance. Yeah. And then they give some fucking glowing review of the movie, which is not even true because they're getting paid. Yeah. Oh, they're little fucking corporate shills. And then people go see this, and then we then we get sucked into going to see this movie. And then we come back and we're like, fuck this movie, right? Yeah. Or, or in the case of The Fifth Element, which should have done much better. But because it, Luke Besson... And they marketed the fuck out of it over here. I know. But because it, it's different yeah. than what people are used to. Now, that's a movie that's also grown a cult status, okay? It's yeah. a good movie. Is it a great movie? Mm. Its style is great. It's it's really cool. Yeah, its style is great. I but it's not fucking... I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an overall great movie. Look, it, is it Die Hard great? <laughs> no. That's, 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 that's... Look, if you can hit the Die Hard great level... Yeah, but most things can't hit the Die Hard great level. Doesn't matter. If you can hit the... If you can come close to the Die Hard great... Look, you got a good movie. Fifth Element has over twenty years, man. It has it's grown a fan base, that, and it's got memorable characters, great memorable characters. But okay, that's fine, and that's going to bleed into my my review for this movie. But here's the here's the problem with your whole argument about I don't know America. Why you need to shoot my idea down. I'm not shooting right. your idea down. I'm adjusting it. Okay, just okay. Then then I'll shoot it down. Your whole idea is shit because you, you're taking the wrong you. You're you're taking the wrong avenue, okay? And your whole idea is not shit. I'm just I'm, you know, if you're gonna be a dick to me, I'll be a dick. But the idea of Americans not liking sci-fi or any of that is is a horseshit way to go about going into the Valerian review. I said Americans don't like certain kinds of sci-fi, different kinds. That are they're they're just it seems odd to them. They like something familiar, something comfortable. Star Trek's been around for a long time. Star Wars has been around for a long time. Okay, Star Wars is technically not a sci-fi movie. It's and that's a fantasy. And that's movie. why I say space-related sci-fi, don't okay, I? Okay, space opera. That's okay. what that. But that's what Valerian is. is sci-fi a, fantasy. Right, but it's not. It's a whole genre unto itself. That's why they call it space opera. It's fucking. It's same shit. Doesn't matter. We're we're fucking splitting hairs again. That's not true because it doesn't matter what type of movie it is. Okay. The genre, take the genre out of it. It's not necessarily sci fi, it's anything that makes us, the fucking egos of the world, uncomfortable. In, in, in the way that you're right, is if it's different, then they don't get it. People like familiarity. I understand that. But again, I'm not saying I agree with him. It, it, I'm saying that that when it comes to these kind of sci-fi movies, these kind of sci-fi, look, you you want to do this whole big picture thing. I'm narrowing it down to something. I don't give a fuck about big picture. I'm trying to get to a point here, and the point is, is that who gives a fuck about familiarity? How about this? I'm trying to give my side of this review. I'm going to give it. You give your side, and hopefully, we meet in the middle. Right, but again. <laughs> All right, do your thing, and then and then I'll do my thing. All right. So, 
I just I knew that this movie was not going to do well over here because just American audiences they're, they're fucking weird. So, um, but regardless, because this movie has a lot of selling points to it. I mean, the first selling point, of course, you got Luke Besson on it. Luke Besson. I mean, guys made a shit ton of uh, his, his American films are good, but if you've actually taken the time to watch some of his his actual French films, there there he does those even better. It just and it's not my style. I'm not much of a foreign film uh, fan, but whatever. This look, I'm gonna compare this movie. Hold on, what? Fuck you and your sci-fi bullshit. So yeah, uh, so Luke Besson. Look, there's certain things you have to compare with. Okay, when you when you when you when you when you're talking about you know alien movies with Spielberg, you always go back to E.T. or or some people might even do Close Encounters, right? War of the Worlds depends on the person, but usually the, <laughs> you got the go-to, right? Yeah, right. But so. You know, so talking about one that didn't work, or Tarantino. Yeah, you go back to Pulp Fiction because most people use Pulp Fiction as because that's usually considered by most as its greatest. You know, that set the bar, right? So, I have a question, real quick. What? So, does the Grindhouse movie count as one of his ten? Uh, he has de- Death Proof. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because so he hates that fucking movie. I I know. I I you know I, I think maybe because he was trying to have too much fun or something. I don't know. Anyway, so. Yeah. When it comes to sci-fi movies or space opera, sci-fi slash fantasy, whatever you whatever you have it, right? Um, you when it's Luc Besson doing it, um, you have to think about his best, and his best is the Fifth Element. All right. So when a movie, when you finally see he's doing another movie twenty years later, um, that is you know similar in style, then you're gonna have comparisons to it, especially when the movie, the previous film was so damn good. So and Fifth Element's a movie that has grown on me. So there's things that the reason why I have my likes and my dislikes for this movie are a lot of them are based on comparing it to the fifth element, the style of it and the, and the replayability and all that stuff like that. This, the humor, all that. So that's what I'm going to get into. But first um, let's do the summary of the film before I get too far away with my, myself and my tangents. All right. So movie is pretty much set seven years or seven <laughs> <laughs> seven years into the future. Oh, that's, that's not that far. Uh, set seven centuries into the future, um, which is the 28th century. Uh, for the layman, that's in the 2700s. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks for... Some people are like, oh, that's in the 2800s. I mean, that's an honest mistake. Da-da-da-da. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. So <coughs> there is an, a space station named Alpha, which is it is home to millions and millions of creatures from hundreds of races from different planets and they all live peacefully together and they exchange their knowledge with each other and their cultures. It started as a space station around earth and then it kept growing and growing and growing until its own mass was so huge that it had to be pushed off into space so it could be its own thing. Like to, I can't remember the name of them. Its own planet. The Perseus cluster or whatever. Yeah. So it was like, by the time we get to this movie, it's like 700 million miles away from earth now. Yeah. It's taken, yeah. Well, it's taken this long. Yeah, it's it's huge. Seven hundred years, right? So, um, so yeah, and now the uh, major and fucking lieutenant—I don't know what the hell they are—special agents Valerian and Laureline are special agents to the human police forces, and they have a job to do. <laughs> and then that's where we cue in Clive Owen and and the fucking aliens and the and the blah 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 and the here too far. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the quick summary of the movie before getting into what they have to do. They have a job to do. Yeah, we don't have to get into the whole thing because we're going to talk about that. Yeah. So uh, pretty much let me get my, my likes out of the way uh, for this movie. Uh, the first thing, of course, I mean, this is just like when you watch a Pixar movie. Uh, the visuals are very, very good. Visuals are, are outstanding, but I have a contrast to that, and I'll get to that in a moment. Um, the uh, 
the there was one scene in this movie that was so well done and so cleverly written and everything that it just it it stood out from the whole rest of the film and that is what i pretty much call the interdimensional caper chase all right where they you know they you know uses that that fucking gun thing where he has his hand in there and it puts it in the right yeah that was so cool that i was actually on the edge of my seat during that whole entire sequence yeah the uh the uh, the hidden Whatever you want to yeah, call it, yeah, it was like an alternate dimension or something, and yeah, it was. It, I mean, it was, it was like trying to wrap my brain around the concept of it while I'm watching it happen. Right, that scene was so cool, and it was fun. The visuals on it, everything. It, it was just like okay, but that, that's the problem though, is that 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 scene sets the bar in this movie itself, and you know, it's the black market is where they're at. And yeah, you in order to see the entire black market, you have to put on these special glasses. Yeah. So, yeah. Another thing I liked about the movie was the whole entire intro sequence where you had um, David Bowie's Major Tom playing, and and it shows the growth of the station over the years and how they greet, um, you know, um, first they greet peoples of Earth, right? You know, coming up, they're finally advancing on their own. They can go to the space station, and so the the, the <coughs> people that are doing the space station, commanding the space station, they're meeting all these new people every few decades or whatever, right? And then all of a sudden, it advances to when they're they're greeting new alien species and stuff like that. That whole thing was fucking awesome. I mean, that, the whole thing, it just had me glued to like, I'm like, dude, this, I'm into this movie. I'm really going to get into this because if they're putting this much effort into this style of, of having all these different aliens come on and, and everything, it, it's just like a, a, a better Men in Black or something. You know, when the Men in Black, all, all the aliens meet down in the headquarters, you know, when they're traveling and shit. Right. This was better. This was like way better done. Um, so you had, and you had, like I said, you had the cold music playing. So all that got me hyped into the movie and then you had that chase sequence that i just talked about the interdimensional one right afterwards so the whole beginning of the movie pretty much except for some character stuff that i'll get into in a minute was really well done especially visually and, and stuff like that in the action um also this movie had there were some very interesting characters in there um it's hard to name them off but the ones that really stood out to me um was john goodman's character um it was an egon cirrus or cyrus um, as a, you know, like a pretty much, what is he like a, a gun runner or whatever you want to call it? Or, yeah. Um, his character was really cool. It would have been nice to see him pop up some more, you know, uh, in the movie than he did. Cause he was only in like what a 15 minute, you know, piece if that, right. Mm-hmm. Um, bubbles character played by Rihanna was, uh, interesting. Um, and at first I had a problem with the scene, but then as it played out and she became important for the, for the moment that she was in, then it, 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 it paid itself off. You know what I mean for her character, but at first I was just like it just felt like exposition when they were doing the dance scene with her. The whole routine, I'm like, it just feels like they're trying to do this just so they can have a, you know, a special moment for the film, like like the Pavel Laguna scene from Fifth Element. Right. right. So that's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Um, ooh, I need to write that down. That was good. <laughs> right. Um, so yeah, it's uh, and the other thing that I liked, um, well, it, there were in, it's hard to name some of the characters, but. Sorry, I had to write something down. Those three duck build guys, they were kind of like duck build. Uh-huh. And they all spoke in unison with each other and right. when, you know, they could each continue each other's sentences. Those ones were hard to find on the database to figure out who, what their names were because I couldn't remember it from when I saw the movie, right? Because it's just so much. You, this movie is like taking on a whole lot of information, right? A whole lot of visual information more than anything else. Oh, by the way, uh, 3D didn't really work for me for this movie, did it? Did it for you? Not like it did for Spider-Man Home. No, it, it was like a waste of time yeah i don't know yeah gotta write that down okay so um 
and then yeah, and then but like I said, there were some interesting characters in the movie. You know, I I didn't I don't I didn't really care for the Avatar people. You know, you know the Avatar people with their own planet and their little fucking pearls and their cute little animal that does all the multiplying and shit. Right. But there was ele- I mean, the beauty of it. You know, their with their world they lived in and all that stuff. That was cool. Um, but it only goes so far. You know, and then the fact they had uh, Elizabeth Debicki, who I thought was Kate Blanchett when we were watching the movie, doing the voice for the king. Uh-huh. That was kind of weird. But I was like, eh, you know what? Change it up a little bit. All right, fine. Um, but yeah, that was Elizabeth uh, Debicki, who was, you know, she played the gold queen in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two, right? Um, she's got a very similar voice to Kate Blanchett's. Uh, the only other thing that I can think of that I liked in the movie um, was the, uh, the scene where... Uh, Dandy Hans character Valerian is walking through the market and they're playing the Wyclef Jean trying to stay we trying to stay alive song that he did back in 1997 because I love that song it, it it's stupid to most people but to me it's like a hyped up song it hypes me up you know it just it gets me in the groove of shit and I'll put that on sometimes before I listen to the podcast um to get me hyped uh I love the fact that they played it in this movie because it, it got me hyped for the scene you know that leads into uh when they meet when you meet Rihanna's character Bubbles um uh, also, the also uh, character. Sorry about this. The, uh, was it the uh, Ethan Hawke's uh, Jolly the Pimp? <laughs> was his name Jolly the Pimp? I think. I don't know. All right. Uh, yeah, Ethan Hawke's quick uh, appearance was pretty cool too. Um, but also, I I don't know about you, but I I love R- Rutger Hauer. He's one of those actors I never think about, but when I see him, I want to keep seeing him. Does that make sense? Sure. And when he popped up at the beginning of this movie as the 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 president of the Federation for Earth, I was like, "Oh, it's in the past." They're, They're not called sh- Shingus. Those okay. those three, those three yeah. characters. Yeah, Shingus. Yeah, okay. uh, they're resembling flightless birds with a snout instead of a beak. Yeah, they have these really small wings that don't look like they they do anything, like they're like unevolving the wings or something. So yeah, those three characters were kind of cool. They they reminded me a little bit of a more intelligent. Um, remember the Worm guys from Men in Black. Sure. It was kind of like that. This ver- movie's version of those, in a way. Um, and, yeah, that's it. I mean, I you know, Ethan Hawke's character, his little cameo was pretty funny for a minute. But uh, then I have the other side of this. And the other side is, well, do you want to do yours or your positives first? Or you want to bounce it? You want to bounce it like a ball? All right. I don't have many positives. I, I like I like the, the effects that they were pretty fucking awesome yeah and i could tell that like the concept art for this movie was probably pretty fucking amazing too yeah but um <laughs> seemed to have just tried to brush through all this stuff try to brush through all this stuff that looked really cool but then it, it you know just to get back to the story and the story wasn't anything that special in, in the first place yeah you know i mean some of the chase scenes some of the other stuff that happened i do like the little shingu guys thought those were pretty cool but I you know I mean, is this better than Jupiter Ascending? Oh yeah, <laughs> this is not a shitty movie. No, it's not a shitty movie. It's just meh. <laughs> it's just yeah, it, it's a touch above meh for me. That's you know. So what, what? That's all your positives are the visuals and a couple characters. Yeah, I, I don't look. Here's my take on the whole movie. All right, and going to the whole reason why it didn't work. Okay. What works with this movie? Some of the characters. The Shingus, um, Herbie Hancock. You liked Herbie Hancock. Yeah, because he wasn't a 100% there all the time. Yeah. Cara Delevingne worked fine. Yeah. Okay. 
um, John Goodman's character. You know that the whole opening se- scene, yeah, worked pretty good. Yeah, it was cool. You know, and then once they get to the city of a thousand planets, it kind of falls apart. Yeah, it was like let's just show you all the shit we got, and then you know all the different sections. Yeah. And the atypical bad guy who's you know the Clive Owen guy that yeah. you know I'm gonna do this because these guys freaking just blah blah blah, and that that whole that whole breakdown didn't work. All right, so. Here's my whole problem, and this is the reason why these movies don't work here in America, all right? And I'll go right to the source. When Star Wars came out, 20th Century Fox wasn't really happy with it. This movie's going to be shit. We'll (laughs) be lucky to break even on the movie. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Alan Ladd Jr. was the one that said, I I have faith in you. You know, this movie's going to, you know, do good. But, you know, you need to sell it. Yeah. All right, fine. So they went out and sold it. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's the story. Mm-hmm. We don't... Who gives a fuck about everything else that's going on in the goddamn movie? Okay? My problem with the entire thing comes down to... I don't care about Dane Dane's character. Yeah, Valerian. I don't care... I care a little bit about Cara Delavine's character Lorelei. because she actually showed some, you know... Chutzpah? <laughs> interest. Yeah. She actually had... She, she was actually a decent character. But, and she wasn't pining after him. But I don't I don't give a fuck about those characters because there is no emotion behind them. No. There's, there's nothing about those characters that makes me want to care about them. Yeah. So when I go and watch... And I watch Star Wars and we see Darth Vader come in. We see Princess Leia and she's like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, yeah. right? And he's like, take her away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then we and then the droids go down to Tatooine. Yeah. And then they meet up with Luke, and then Luke meets with Obi Wan, and it's just this succession of things that are happening, right? Yeah. But we learn about Luke. We learn that you know he he's basically adopted, you yeah. know, and Man Bru and Uncle Owen, right? <laughs> and then he meets Obi Wan Kenobi, who knows too much about Luke, but he's kind of mysterious. Yeah. All right. That and that and that. And then we get to Mos Eisley and then Hansel. All right. But we learn about these characters as they go along their little uh, little fashions of life. Yeah. And 45 minutes into Star Wars and we finally get to the Death Star. Yeah. Give or take. It's like an hour, maybe an hour and 15. Yeah, it's a build up. <laughs> That's what's missing with these movies. That's why these – look, and, and, and the argument that we had at the beginning of the movie – and I'll tell you right off. The reason why these movies don't do good has nothing to do with their genre. It has everything to do with word of mouth. People go see these movies on opening day, and they immediately say, don't fucking waste your time going to see this movie. It was, eh. Don't waste any money. Go see go see this or go see that. Go see Spider-Man Homecoming again. It's a much better movie. It is. I mean, look, Ex Machina it had great word of mouth, but yet no one went and saw it. Right. But that, because it has no action. It's not an action movie. It's a talkie. Yeah. So that and you know that that aside, we're talking more action sci-fi stuff. Yeah. Alien Covenant, same thing. Meh. Most of the reviews, middle of the road. Yeah. It's it, it's, and that's what you know. And then people people start seeing that and they're like, ah, oh, why am I wasting my time? It's fucking Alien. I can watch Alien anytime. <laughs> right. You know, it's just upgraded graphics and shit like that. I don't need to waste my time. 
And that's the problem. The problem with this movie is we've been given characters we don't give a shit about. And and it starts with the sixth book of the series. Yeah. Instead of the first. Why don't... Why? Look, I know we're not trying to rebuild the wheel here, okay? But why... Why not do a thing simple? Well, yeah. Keep it why, simple. Why why are you pulling a George Lucas? Hmm. Right? He had no he had no choice. He was just making Star Wars and all of a sudden it's boom. Yeah. And he's like, fuck now I've got to Now there's fix a pass. There's a pass that wants to be delved into, yeah. <laughs> now I've got to fix this and this is not the first story. So I'll make it the fourth story. Yeah. And and this is this starts off on the sixth book. Well, you have to give us the characters. You have to introduce those char- those characters to us yeah. to make us care. Yeah, I remember you reading uh, about the 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 comic and the Loreline character. She's from the past that he he time travels and and she goes with him. They're right? both time travelers. But she became a time traveler with him. Like he found her in the like 11th century. Well, I think 11th century France or something like that. <laughs> I didn't read any of that, but I did. Uh, yeah, 11th. She's a peasant girl from 11th century France. In the debut adventure, Bad Dreams, she rescues Valerian from the enchanted forest of Orillon. And then she discovers accidentally that Valerian is a time traveler and forced to bring her back to the galaxy. Blah, 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 blah. But see, that would have made a b- much better fucking story. Yeah. We would have learned who she was. We would have learned everything that's going on. Yeah. You know? And then we, we would have learned that Valerian is this guy that is a kick-ass fucking, you know save the day type of guy, this hero. Yeah. And as the series develops, she becomes more involved, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and you can you can you can do that with one movie. But this movie, the only way this movie tried to emotionally connect you to these two characters was by him trying to woo her into yeah. bed. You know, and then it, it went from him trying to woo her into bed into um, him wanting to marry her. Yeah. You know, yeah. because she's so irresistible to him. Hey, Laurely, marry me. She's the only one who says no. No. No, I won't, you <laughs> fucking bad imitation of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he looks... Dude, Dane DeHaan looks bored in this movie. Oh, he he, he looks like he's half half asleep, half awake. What, yeah, like whatever direction you're going into. Like like he's on fucking heroin. Yeah, to me, he's to me he's like he's like a, a, a Xanaxed... Leonardo DiCaprio from from when DiCaprio look Dane DeHaan's thirty one but he looks like he's fucking seventeen yeah he looks like the young basketball diaries Romeo and Juliet Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. you know and, and basketball diaries fits because he was getting high as fuck in that movie so there you go that's what he is he's basketball diaries DiCaprio sure. at the age of thirty one sure for me yeah he he doesn't sound anything at all like fucking Keanu Reeves. hey don't get defensive if you see it that way you fucking see it that way I, that's fine. Whoa. All right. Whoa. 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 Now I'm turning into fucking butthead. <laughs> yeah. Let's say our boobies. <laughs> uh, boobies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boobies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Are you threatening me? Yeah. So <laughs> this would have worked out so much better had they started off at the beginning um, with the very first book or you know taking from the very first novel yeah and you could have done the you could have started it off with the creation of alpha still you know what i mean because it, the creation <laughs> of alpha still had nothing to if you think about it it just set up where they're at in the current you know the present day time right 
you could have still done the alpha with that with if you started yeah absolutely you could have started know. off with the whole alpha thing and then and then jump into fucking the, whatever the story is from you know earlier you li- know? literally you could have jumped right into France yeah why didn't you, you know yeah why didn't you ha- yeah exactly you could have you know it could, you could have even started off in France in the past before you even did the alpha thing didn't even need to do that you start off with alpha to let everybody know that this is the future. Well, I'm saying you could do that cool reveal thing where, you know. You don't need to. You don't need to. Because you, you do it this way. You start off with the whole fucking, the, the alpha thing, I'm right? Just, I'm just picturing a whole Aladdin scheme like, do you trust me? Yeah. Do you trust me? Yes. And he just grabs it and then he takes it through the time portal. Right. But no. Valerian. No. <laughs> Valerian. I'm Joe. Bad director. Fuck you, man. <laughs> B-movie extraordinaire. The the debut adventure is called Bad Dreams, uh, and she rescues Valerian from an enchanted forest. Yeah. So all you have to do is you go to you you, you do the same opening, and you go to the command center. Yeah. And you have the guy say something along the lines of, "Can we still track him?" Yes, sir. We know exactly where he is. Boom! You cut right to 11th century France. Okay. Yeah. If this is the sixth fucking movie. Why has it not even been? I mean, this the, the, this this movie's based on the sixth book. Why had it wasn't it established in this movie that he's also a time traveler? It's not even mentioned. It's not even mentioned. It's like doing an origin. To, like this is the first film to set everything up. Yeah, it's called the City of Shifting Waters. That's the, that's volume one. Uh-huh. I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to figure out, and this is a fucking popular comic series, by the way. Uh, and that, it's that's what you told me. Popular in America as well. Doug Chang, who uh, was one of the, gra- the artists on Star Wars, Phantom Menace, kept an entire volume uh, of the series next to him so he could go through and, and reference a whole bunch of shit right here. Uh, where is it? Um, it's somewhere. Ah, uh, here we go. Um, yeah, Valerian Star Wars. Uh. And the same thing with the Fifth Element and Independence Day, Independence Day, and all this other shit. So it, it's a very, very popular series. The problem is, is that oh, it, thank God this movie isn't Resurgence. <laughs> this movie's way better than Resurgence. The the problem with this movie is you didn't you didn't give us enough to feed off of. Yeah, and you didn't leave us wanting more. Yeah, I just I got bored. I got bored with Owen Wilson's character, and they, he's barely in the movie. Owen. <laughs> wow I'm sorry Wow Wow I'm sorry If you haven't seen wow. the Star Wars wow. wow Owen Wilson as lightsaber blades You're missing out Clive Owen Sorry Clive Owen's character is not in very much of this movie And he still is boring as fuck when he shows up Which pisses me off Because Wilson I, Owen. I am a Clive Owen fan And yet And I haven't seen the guy in anything in years That I can think of that wasn't straight to video Straight to Netflix or something right Uh-huh and then he's finally he's finally in a big movie like this, and his character's this cliched fucking secretive general or commander who seems to be able to get away with everything, and everyone around him's like, oh, uh, that was a pigeon, you know? It's like, what the fuck? Like, how do you how do you close off an entire <laughs> gigantic mega sized space station to a whole to everybody? And, and you saw how big that whole quarantine area was, right? Right. How how are you able to close that off to everybody and no one knows shit? The aliens don't know shit. I don't know. It, it just it didn't make sense to me. It's how the fuck are you coming? Oh, because you got these these special war robots protecting your back. Sure. 
It doesn't. No, it 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 was weak to me. It felt like a story from an old sci-fi TV series. Yeah. It just it wasn't enough. It was it wasn't enough. This whole oh he destroyed a whole civilization and blah blah blah. Right. All right. So yeah, the the whole the whole concept of of hiding this because this happened and yada 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 when everybody knew that that happened in history. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. You can't you can't hide the fact that you destroyed an entire planet. Yeah. Especially when you're on an advanced space cruiser that everybody knows exactly what you're doing. Yeah, and look, I I don't want to knock Dane Dehan. I don't want to, but we got to. The guy is fucking boring. He was boring in in, uh, the movie I just watched, uh, Cure for Wellness. I rented that on on Redbox recently because we didn't go to theaters to see it. You know, that movie. I want to see it. The movie, to me, the movie is just like Crimson Peak. It's visually stunning, but after a while, the story gets so predictable and boring that the the visual style you don't even notice how good it looks anymore. It, it's just a waste of time. You're bored by the end of it. Um, yeah, I mean, he was in um, the Amazing Spider-Man too. He wasn't that exciting. I, in I that. didn't like him as the Goblin in that, as you know, as the new Franco, I, and and also uh, in Chronicle. He's got know, weird ears. He, I, I don't want to hate Dane DeHaan, but dude, you got to show me something better than this fucking angry, this angry Yale scholar motherfucker. Okay, he I, just looks bored. He, Look at him. He looks, yeah, and he looks par- like in this movie, he looks partially out of he it. He looks like an Ivy League douchebag. I don't want to. I don't. Wanna, you want to make yeah, fun of his appearance and go ahead. Peta. I don't hate. Look at his hair. I liked. Okay, I think the only thing I can think of that I liked him in was in Chronicle for most of it, and in the Metallica um, motion picture thing that he he was. Better than never. Yeah, he was decent in that because he didn't have much dialogue. Um, but that's it. I can't think of anything else I really liked him in, man. Yeah, just so. Yeah, look, if you're going to... It was a bad choice. Oh, yeah, and he played the son in that movie I gave high praise to, Place Beyond the Pines, which he's in the second half, which is, that's the bad part of the movie. So, you know, he's trying to be Ryan Gosling in that movie, the son of Ryan Gosling, and he can't do it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Ryan Gosling's already set the bar. <laughs> so, um, if you're going to have this this iconic character, and I, I can I say iconic because... Even though I don't know much about Valerian and Loreline, if you're going to have here. this internationally well-known character, yes, go. yeah, if you're going to have someone like that, don't you think you should have someone more charismatic? You know, someone more—I uh, don't know—I uh, don't want to say camera-friendly, but you know, someone that just grabs your fucking attention, man. Yeah, Dane, Dane DeHand does not grab my attention, and I don't know who the fuck's attention it's grabbing, but he's he's greasing the right palms or something in Hollywood. All right, I just don't know why. I don't know why certain actors get even pushed through, and he's one of them. Um, and what else? I there's look, it, the movie just brushes through everything. I mean, what else negative can you think about the movie, man? No. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I've I've said my piece. It, right. The movie doesn't work for the most part. It doesn't work for me. It plays more like a video game than it does like a movie at times. Rihanna's all of Rihanna's scenes are just okay. Uh-huh. You can tell that she wasn't doing most of the dancing. You could tell it was a stunt woman or someone else uh-huh. because body changes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. She's not a good actor. She's not. I. You know what? I. This, this. If I compare this to Battleship, she was fine in this. Battleship, she was bad. She's not a good actor. I, I, I'm not gonna put her on. I'm not putting her on a pedestal. The whole. The whole idea of him going into this weird, fucking Wallace and Gromit claymation thing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know these these odd looking characters. I mean, and you've seen these odd looking characters in a lot of claymation things where they have the 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 hammerhead eyes. Yeah, right. And and you have you have the the girl 
whatever she is, whatever these creatures are. Metamorph. <laughs> no, the 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 ugly fucking creatures with the big eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know she's she's making all these faces. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want that. Uh huh. You know. <laughs> yeah. It, that was funny. Yeah. But <laughs> it's not enough. Yeah, it it doesn't. No, this movie. This movie. Look, and I compared it to the Fifth Element. It, the the there's this sense of humor that goes along with the entirety of the Fifth Element that keeps you giggling while you're also entertained by the cool action and, and the and the and the wonderful production design. It, this movie. I, I'm just I'm 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 picking apart the visuals and and I'm not enjoying the humor, I'm not enjoying the story, you know what I mean? If I start like looking at all the visuals and and, and caring more about how this looks than than actually listening to the characters speak and 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 pay attention to the story, mm-hmm. then they've failed. Luke Besson has failed with this movie. Yeah, and I don't like saying that because I I like Luke Besson a lot, man. But you failed with this fucking movie, dude. I'm sorry, though. You just totally failed, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, what can I say ugly about this movie? Uh, it, it, the ugly, the ugly with this movie would have to be, I don't know. <laughs> what, what would you call the ugly for this movie? I everything after the beginning. I think okay. The ugly is this: for all the years, for over two decades, over two decades, Luke Besson has wanted to make this, to make Valerian Loreline into a full motion picture. And he finally comes to it, and then it doesn't fucking deliver. That's the problem. It, it's, it seems like a waste of time to have this be a pet project for so long and for it to fail, you know, as much as it does. That sucks. That's the ugly, man. That's the ugly part of this. Yeah. So um, I, I, I'm i probably going to I give the movie, a, uh, I'd say, eh, I'm, I'm, I'm between a 5.5 and a 6. Yeah, I'm about 5. Yeah. It's it just, Yeah. It sucks, dude. I I mean, look, the movie's already paid for. That's great. I'm glad it, that you know that Basan's an intelligent businessman. But that's not enough, man. You you're gonna have to. I don't even care. I'm not even interested. They make another one of these movies. That's it. That's that's my piece. All right. All right. So um, my flick of the week. Um, there's certain movies that I don't usually have much interest in. When, when, you know, because my flick of the week is the 2013 Spike Jones directed, written, produced, blah, blah, blah film called Her. Um, when we saw the trailers for this, and, and in the trailers you have Joaquin Phoenix, and he falls in love with an operating system, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. And, you know, the trailer looks kind of cheesy, it looks sentimental, but overall it's just like, okay, this is an awkward love story. Kind of like that, that fucking Al Pacino one where he fell in love with his blonde computer girl creation. Right. Where the fuck they call that, Simone or something. Um, it, it just, I, I wasn't really that interested. And, and Joaquin Phoenix is one of those actors that I'm just not, uh, it's weird. I don't really care to go out and see a Joaquin Phoenix film, but a lot of times after I've seen him in a movie, he has not disappointed me. He's usually impressed me. I'm just not, just a forethought or, you know, anyway. Um, but having said all that, the movie Her is is pretty much what the trailers show. It's in the future. You don't know how far into the future it is, but it's not like overwhelmed with technology. It's just technology is part of our culture. And so computers are everywhere and everything. And, and there's a character played by Joaquin Phoenix, who he's pretty much an introvert. He, he doesn't talk to people very much. He's very lonely because he's going through a divorce. He hasn't divorced yet, but he's been separated from his wife for almost a year. And who's played by Rooney Mara. And 
he he works at a business. Now, this is the weird part. I don't really know how to fully explain his job, but his job is something like this, so just bear with me. He gets information from customers about letters that they want to write to people, but they don't know how to write the letters themselves. So then him and his clever wording and everything like that, he creates letters for them and then sends them to the people they want to send them to. Does that make sense? Sure. Okay. And I guess that's an important part of his business that he's in, in this big building. And one of his coworkers is played by Chris Pratt, pre-Star-Lord, pre-Six-Pack, right? <laughs> and he's got with this creepy fucking mustache. But even Joaquin Phoenix has that creepy fucking fat 80s-style Magnum P.I. mustache. So there's, I have one major problem with this movie called Her, and that's this. After that movie came out, some asshole, some funny asshole, came out with a video that showed certain scenes in Her where if you focus on Joaquin Phoenix's forehead, you can see a face appear in it. And I thought it was just someone tinkering around like Photoshop or something, right? Well, then I'm watching this movie and there's a few scenes where he's laying down or something. And so like more, more of his fucking skin comes to the front of his forehead. And, and then when he's frowning or anything, it starts to make the shape and you can see it. You can fucking see this face in his forehead so there were times where i kept staring at that and laughing my ass off because of those goddamn youtube videos i'll put that to the side this movie is not for everybody and i'm not going to recommend it for everybody this is a movie for for well for one thing for film buffs because of all the visual styling with it and and the 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 the, the themes when it comes to the human condition with when it comes to relationships and stuff like that but for someone like me it it's an intimate film about being lonely about you know regardless if you're a pussy and you're afraid to go out into the world and meet anyone or not that's not the point it's just about being lonely and not being able to connect with people the way you want to connect with people and things like that um i felt this movie it was it was it, it was very you know i don't want to i didn't get blubbery about it but it was it pays off really well because scarlett johansson she's got a voice that is like a soothing uh i don't know like a soothing methylatum or something i don't know but she, she her character is so charismatic as his operating system that he falls in love with because her her uh, the operating system of her that sounds weird is programmed to keep learning as an ai and she keeps on becoming more and more realistic until it gets to the point where her ai actually even wants to break free from its own programming doesn't go into fucking Johnny Depp, you know, transcendence mode or anything like that. It doesn't. The movie stays grounded with its with its own subject matter. It doesn't try to venture off, right? And I don't want to give away the end of the movie or anything like that. But the the relationship that 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 grows between Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson is so believable and so well played out that the, the, they can almost at times make you forget that she's just a computer program. And that's it. Because you don't never see her face. You just hear her voice. And that's it. And she watches him through a little camera thing that he's got with him on at all times. Um, and yeah, it, it's got some funny scenes in it. Spike Jones knows sense of humor really well. Um, there's a video game that, that, that Joaquin Phoenix is playing throughout parts of the movie. And this little alien character cusses back at him when he interacts with him and stuff. And, and it's voiced by Spike Jones. It's fucking hilarious. There's there's a scene where he goes on a blind date, or Joaquin Phoenix goes on a blind date with uh, Olivia Wilde, and and everything's going good until he starts to act weird about certain things, and then she it freaks her out and she runs off. And um, there's this scene that's really uncomfortable and but funny, is where because they can't touch each other because she's a computer program, of course, 
there's these things called surrogates where there's someone who understands their relationship and wants to help with it. So what she does is she puts in an earpiece and a camera, like a little mole on her face that looks, that's a disguised camera into it. Right. And now she pretends to be the, the operating system, you know, the living embodiment of it. And then she can be sexually, you know, with, uh, with the, with the human, right. With Joaquin Phoenix. So there's this whole scene and it's just uncomfortable and it's awkward, but it's funny. Um, it just, it just works. Um, it is also, uh, <laughs> there, there, there's a lot of human moments in it. It's very um, adult-oriented with like uh, like sexual phone calls and, and, you know, phone sex and stuff like that. It's funny. And it, it feels very personal and very human. And like I said, it, it, it's, for, it's for lonely people. I, I, those are the people that would really, really enjoy a movie like this and understand it more than the average person. Uh, if you're not someone that's like that, then it's more, I would say it would play off more as like a chick flick with, with bright colors. But to each his own. Her is a very excellent film. It won the Oscar for Spike Jones for Best Original Screenplay. Uh, and yeah, it's I, I highly recommend it. it uh, I currently watch it on HBO Now. All right. Uh, also, the movie's got a 95% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, Her. I forgot to mention some actors in there, but that, that's all right. Amy Adams and Kristen Wiig. Kristen Wiig is just a voice on a phone, which is hilarious. <laughs> Didn't mean to make you fall asleep there, but uh, go ahead. I didn't fall asleep. Uh, I know. You're tired because it's late as night. We, we do a lot of shows in one evening. So, yeah, I went a little long on that one because I really like the movie, and I, I think that a lot of certain people could, could really enjoy it. No, and I, so. I think that's important because on some of these, look, we're trying a new style. I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to beat around the bush on this one. Or lay out the format. Yeah, and our format is give a summary and tell you guys why it works or why it doesn't work. The good, the bad, the ugly type of thing. Yeah. Because ultimately, every review does the same thing. Oh, hey, this is Laura Lee, this is Valeria, Lupuson, and all this stuff, and blah, 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 blah. And it's all the same. So in uh, and like I said, we listen to quite a few podcasts, and what it comes down to is, we're boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. It's it, we got to turn the corner, and I know that this show is going long already, but I was just telling this to Joe. I was sitting there listening to him talk about her. This is kind of weird to say the, the movie, movie. Her. Yeah. and I'm sitting there, and I'm I'm listening to him. <laughs> <laughs> in case I need to say something or interject or ask a question. But as he's talking, he's already answering all the questions anyways. And then I started thinking, okay, we're going too long, which technically we are going too long. We're 50 fucking minutes into this goddamn thing. And then I started thinking, well, am I just being selfish because I want to talk? Uh. And part of it is, well, yeah, so just shut the fuck up and let him finish, right? <laughs> and then I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Look, we do the movie review to do the movie review, but our passion is the flicks that we pick. Yeah. You know, we pick them and flick them. There we go. And I- That was a video store I used to rent from when I was a kid. Pick and flick? Pick and fl- pick a flick video. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I- And then but, my account got ruined because my uncle brought a movie back late and he threw it at the fucking employee there. Threw the videotape at the fucking employee. <laughs> Lost our account. Oh, no. Asshole. Oh no! He's you, dead now, though, so it paid up. It paid itself off. Your life will never be the same. No, never, never. So, thank you, thank God for Blockbuster. We done. Sure. Jesus. 
<laughs> Fucking Christ. Never going to get Come done. Come on, it's taking forever, man. Take I know, we're never going to get done Come with on. the podcast because you don't shut up. Um, <laughs> this is going to be time for me. <laughs> um, I completely lost my train of thought with this whole thing. Vamping for time. That's what it is. No, it's not. It's, it's not condensing vamping. this down. It's condensing this down. I know, but pop, popping, popping. Yeah, I know. You Keep it going. fucking. You made me lose it. Thanks. In a good way. No. So as the show goes on, look, fucking movie reviews are boring as shit, and we want to do something that's not boring. Hey, if 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 uh, Joe Rogan was doing a movie review, I bet you'd be interested. They're still boring as shit. Have you listened to a movie review show? I, I love, how many? I love Siskel and Ebert, man. I know, but how many? And, and Siskel and Ebert, look, we've prided ourselves on trying to be Siskel and Ebert uh, or Siskel and Ebert-esque. That's why we fucking argue. Uh-huh. And I don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> and then, Oh, that's right, because we got a one-star rating, and I'm fucking, I fucking find it hilarious because, look, Joe and I actually hang out with each other, you know, when we can, and, and, and at the movies and whatever else. Yeah. And, and we sit and we talk. Like, after the movies, we'll sit and talk for two, three hours after the fucking movie. Yeah. That's no bullshit. But we don't not dislike each other. It's not one of those things where we have this fucking heated relationship mm. where, you know, we pretend to, you know, deal with each other on the air and then go our separate ways. Yeah. You know. It's not a Felix and Oscar thing. No. So when when we're having this discussion on the air and I get pissed, it's a momentary thing. Or It's not really pissed. I'm just... I'm playing devil's advocate, you know, and we 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 started this from the beginning, which is be honest. It doesn't matter if we fucking yell at each other or whatever else. We don't carry it with us. We don't stay on it and we don't take it personal because that's bullshit. The other side of this is, is that most of it's a gimmick. If I'm pissed off at Joe for some stupid reason, you know, like I'm going to say like 75 percent of the time it's a gimmicky thing. Unless it's Star Wars, even then, <laughs> it's 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 a gimmicky thing, because it's a show. Conflict is good, and we get like I said, we got a one star review because some guy got pissy with me, and I think it's fucking hilarious that you know he 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 was so angry about it that he actually left us a bad review. All right, you better not fucking name him. Don't give him that notoriety. Oh fuck that guy! No, <laughs> <laughs> my review is uh, Hot Shots Part One. And if you haven't seen Hot Shots Part One, then that I think that movie fuck. fueled the parody um, fire during that time. No, like it fueled it. Like it kept. No, like it made it made it kept parodies being really popular at that time period. No, no, uh uh-uh. uh. Could you say no one more time? Uh uh-uh. uh. It started with Kentucky Fried Movie. <sighs> Stars Charlie Sheen, Carrie Elway's Valeria Galino. It's a parody of Top Gun. The time period movies. The period. Of, yeah. And God damn it, it's funny. I watched it a couple of days ago, and it still holds up. <laughs> Carrie Elways is so good in this movie, it's sick. Uh, you know, he plays, you know, Iceman. Charlie Sheen plays Topper Harley, who has this problem because his dad dies, you know. He yeah. loses control of his plane and ejects, leaving his co-pilot, Dominic Millman Farnham, who's Ryan Stiles, to crash alone. Yeah. <laughs> Although Millman survives, he's mistaken for a deer- you know, and we find out that <laughs> we find out that fucking uh, John Cryer's character. And this is another funny I thing. I forgot I'm, that John Cryer was in this. Uh, I'm going to point out something here that's kind of funny. Three of the main cast of Hot Shots 
also starred in um, Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men. Men, 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 which is which is funny. <laughs> Ryan Stiles, Charlie Sheen, John Cryer. That's right. Ryan Stiles was the 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 new husband. Yeah, forgot about that. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but there are some great moments in this movie. I mean, some really, really great moments, uh-huh. like when Charlie Sheen is talking to John Cryer's character who has walleye vision. Yeah. And he's looking looking at him like- You okay, buddy? In the fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, what's going on? But- I forgot about this. I haven't but, seen it so long. you know, like you're looking through the uh, the peephole, the eye, yeah. the eye hole, right? And then it's not just him, like the the sergeant, the, 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 the drill instructor- Yeah. Does the same thing, you know- until until Charlie Sheen gets involved, you know, and it's the same old shit, you know, your butt's writing checks, your mouth can't cash, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And the movie's full, filled with with the same one-liners from, like, Airplane and all this other stuff, you know, where they, where they, you know, a hospital, have you heard of it? Yes. It's a place where people go to get treated for, you know, medical pr- problems and you know, have surgery. Why? Well, it's not important right now, you know, type of thing. But yeah. that's not important right now. So basing this off of... Top Gun. This is what works with Hot Shots. Everything from point A to point B. Yeah. Okay. All the scenes with Charlie Sheen in it are really funny because he plays a straight man. Yeah. You know, and it, it's so well done while everything else is going on behind him, uh, with all the with all the stupid, um, background jokes and shit like that. Yeah. And then the parts that don't work, which is kind of the end thing. The end thing where they have to blow up Saddam Hussein and you know the the <laughs> the oil field or whatever the fuck it is this this that that whole part didn't work for me but and then the dance with wolves <sighs> ending no the dances with wolves ending is fine because they had already set that up at the beginning yeah it's the it's the Saddam Hussein where he's sitting there drinking a drink you know that was like a throwaway fucking scene and yeah. it wasn't necessary but they just wanted they they threw it in there because it's 1991 propaganda yeah yeah. You know, to make fun of Saddam Hussein. Yeah. Fine. That that's fine. Fuck Iraq. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> but everything else about the fucking the quotes. Well, there was a there was a quote when hold on a second. I need to fucking look up one of the quotes because it's really goddamn funny. Hmm. I love the uh, Lloyd Bridges man when he, he the just when he's eating the pudding, and he says to Kevin Dunn's character, he says pudding, and he fucking spits right onto Kevin Dunn's face. My God, man! Do I have to think of everything? <laughs> and, he, and he just Kevin Dunn doesn't like react to the fact that he just got pudding spit on his face. Instead, he's just like, "No thank you, no thank you, sir." Yeah, uh, yeah. My, my father used to say that not playing to win is like sleeping with your sister. Sure, she's a great piece of tail with a blouse full of goodies, but it's just illegal. <laughs> God. <laughs> then you get into that whole inbred thing: kids with no teeth who do nothing but play the banjo, eat applesauce through a straw, pork farm animals. <laughs> you know, what do you do with an elephant that has three balls? Walk them and pitch to the rhino. Exactly. And that, you know, things like that. I can never find time for love. It's just, it's too heavy. It's an anchor that drowns a man. Besides, I got the sky, the smell of jet exhaust, my bike, a loner. No, I own it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking, but some of the call call signs, behaving like children. He's being a jerk. I'm not. R2, I'm not. My eyes are ceramic. Caught a bazooka around at the little, at little big horn. Or was it Okinawa? The one without the Indians. <laughs> God. <laughs> fucking hell. you know yeah. admiral benson really that's my name too <laughs> yeah I, I i you know what i i never saw i don't i you know i did i did see the first hot shots in theaters but the one that i always remember the most though was 
part de, the one that you know emphasized on making fun of Ra- uh, Rambo more than anything. I think that one was fucking. Oh god, I remember playing that movie over and over again, especially with the the fart sub. Yeah. I got walleye vision. Isn't there something that can be done? Well, there's a delicate corneal inversion procedure called a multi-opti pupil optomy. Multi-opti pupil optomy. But in order to keep from damaging the eye sockets, they have to go through the rectum. Ain't no man going to take that route with me. <laughs> oh, that, here it is. Yankee Doodle floppy disk. This is Foxtrot Zulu milkshake checking in at 700 feet. Request position to land. Permission. Roger that, Foxtrot Zulu milkshake. You're cleared to land. Welcome to the Mediterranean. This is Yankee Doodle floppy disk. <laughs> this is fucking, some of this shit, I slipped on a crab. Who put that crab there? I didn't see any crabs, sir. Don't tell me. There were two crabs. They work in pairs. <laughs> oh, God. I'm just, I'm trying to find the ones where they're, where they're talking on the uh, the mic. God damn it, I can't ever find them. Any clearance to land on runway 30, 30 something. 30, 30 something's been canceled. <laughs> Uh, come on, where are you? You're the whitest white part of the eyes I've ever seen. All right, so anyways, it's the, everything about the fucking movie works for me. The the only problem I have is that the end where they blow up the uh, they drop the bombs in Dom's lap. Yeah, they drop the bombs in Dom's lap, and it's it's not it that that was just a waste. I think that it worked for the time period it was in, but now it's just like eh, what right there. Alpha Velveeta knuckle underwear, you are clear for takeoff. When you hit that nuclear weapons plant, drop a bomb for me. Uh, sphincter mucus niner wing, ringworm. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that shit right there that made me laugh uncontrollably. They can spit it out without like slipping. They just Yeah. Quick, nurse, check his penis. See if it's longer than mine. <laughs> All right. Did you like part two? Yeah, it was okay. All right. Are they, you know what? I think, uh, why didn't they ever make a part three? I don't fuck. You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Hey, everybody, drinks are on me. <laughs> everybody just fucking rushes into the bar. That was actually a good one, too. So, All right. Hot shots. Yep. All right. So, uh, once again, Mike and I did not go to Comic-Con because fuck them. <laughs> fuck them and the early ticket bullshit and their overprice and their crowding and the... And the it's, a whole, it's a nightmare, dude. Yeah. The here to and the wherefore. Uh, but we did see a bunch of the trailers that came from that shit. Uh, of course... The big one is the Infinity War trailer, which, I mean, look, I'm pretty much in agreement with you. It's already been leaked. Might as well just fucking show it, um, you know, bring out the the, you know, the, the the official trailer because it's already been seen. Yeah, just fucking release it. I know it. why they're not, though. I, I could see probably cause, because Ragnarok hasn't come out yet. And you're already showing that fucking Thor, I mean, well, spoiler alert, <laughs> Thor, you know, is flying through space, right? And he lands on the front of the of the Guardians Dude, the, Galaxy ship. The, the the whole idea for the trailer, the, the whole summary for the trailer was released months ago. Somebody leaked it. Somebody found out what it was and, and leaked it online. Okay. So anyway, it, look, it, it's blurry. It's fucking the sound isn't that great. There's someone's fucking head taking up almost half the screen. It, it it's not the greatest of, of teaser trailers, but it's very interesting and I mean it, it gets you hyped, man. All right, it just it looks really fucking cool, and I you know, and then also you had the new uh, Ragnarok trailer, which just it, it's pretty much the first trailer but with extra stuff added in to it, right? Yep. Uh, the Justice League, there's the mystery guy showing up at the end that's made to look like it's probably Superman. Who I, I still I'm not getting the goosebumps, man. The only thing that those not tra- even I don't even care. The only thing in look, those this trailers, is much better. Yeah, 
The only thing in the trailers that's even that that gets me, you know, that entertains me at all is is uh, Momoa as Aquaman. That's it. You know, it that's there. You gotta have more than that shit, man. It's fucking Justice League. Why isn't it? Why isn't it fucking exciting me more? Well, figure it out. We already went into that shit before. Uh, the also the uh, the the Steven Spielberg. Oh yeah, on <laughs> this shit. Spielberg's new movie called uh, Ready Player One, which is based off a book. I don't know anything about it, so I, I'm not gonna speculate. I know. I think you know a little more about this shit than I do. It's but, just a pop culture book. Yeah, dude. but the the movie. Okay, the trailer popped out, and it looks really fucking cool. It looks like a Kingdom Hearts type movie where. You just have all this shit where you have, you know, I saw the, you know, off the top of my head, I saw the Iron Giant. I saw battle scenes with Freddy Krueger in them and, you know, large scale battle scenes. Uh, oh, they had the, the jousting fucking guys from the game Joust. There you go. It had, you also had uh, the bike from Akira. You had uh, uh, the, the, the DeLorean, of course, Back to the Future DeLorean. And there was other things also, you know, there's a shit ton of stuff in there, you know. Uh, it looks very, very interesting. It looks like it's going to be a shit ton of fun. Uh, I'm on board. And Spielberg's doing it, okay? And I, I'm glad that Spielberg's doing something like this because what have, what has been our master complaint over the years <coughs> about Spielberg? His movies have gotten... They're, they're, they're good. They're always good, but they don't have that long-lasting flavor of his 80s movies. Right. You know? And so Ready Player One, it, that that's a, like a what you call a hearkening or something, right? Uh-huh. So... I'm definitely interested in that one. Yeah. You know, um, and okay. Also the, uh, death note, they released a new trailer for death note, um, where you get to see it's blurry in the background, but you get to see Willem Dafoe's, um, you know, demon character. I, fuck it. Forgive me. Okay. Cause I, I saw the whole cartoon series of death note, but <laughs> I forgot the name of the, the, of the demon that, that, you know, that brings the, the actual death note book to light, the character of light. Um, but it looks very cool, and and the and the, and the uh, trailer ends with you, you know, like interested in seeing how, where's it gonna go, right? Right. So I I, I really like that. Yeah. That um, I wonder who was that on the ground next to uh, the Iron Giant. Well, a lot of people think that was Deadpool. Huh. There's Batman. Damn, that's just orcs, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <coughs> this I, movie looks fucking great. And I like the Willy Wonka. See the Christine over there? Did you yeah. see it? Rewind it. I can't help it if you're fucking blind. No, I focus on certain things and... Why? Why Why ask why when how is so much more fun? Okay, I saw Christine. Did you see the other vehicles? I saw the Christine. Well, all the other vehicles look the same. Is that the A-Team? Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, dun. What's that car? I can't... The same one, but there's a couple of other cars that are in here as Interceptor well. Interceptor and... Yeah. And uh, the Rush song, Tom Sawyer. Rush has a big part of it because... Is a, is a huge part of the of the book as well because uh, the the guy that wrote the book uh-huh. is a huge Rush fan apparently. Okay. So it's cool that they threw in Tom Sawyer. Yeah, the only time I think I've ever enjoyed Rush is when I watched that movie called uh, I I Love You Man. I think it was. That was uh, that's fucking cool. All those cars. See, it looks like the the, the wheels, man. I was I was trying for a second. <laughs> this fucking movie looks awesome. It looks fun. It looks a lot of like a lot of fun. See, it looks like a Kingdom Hearts kind of thing. I with that key. I don't. So, <laughs> so what? <laughs> it means nothing to me, though. Okay, now you say something to me, and then I'll say so what. That means nothing to me. Let's see how empty it leaves your fucking soul feeling. It doesn't. You know why? Because you have no soul. Yeah. <laughs> you soulless fuck. All right. Uh, lastly, the Stranger Things uh, season two trailer. 
um, full length uh, popped out. And I really like this one because this show, I've watched the first season twice and it really, I'm not going to give anything away, but yeah, I mean, it starts off with Dragon's Lair, them playing Dragon's Lair at the arcade. And then have you seen this trailer yet? Yes. Okay. So, and then it has it where, you know, all of a sudden uh. you hear the the leading into Michael Jackson's thriller. And now, now look, everyone's heard Michael Jackson's thriller. It's not that special anymore at certain times, but when it plays in this trailer, it fucking flows with it. And I, I, I just it got it get me it got me more hyped for the new season coming up in October. Yeah. So with with, with uh, Vincent Price talking. Yeah, exactly. It's really fucking good, man. Yeah. I was impressed, and I haven't seen Stranger Things yet, and I want to watch it. I'm going to watch it, yeah. but first season's eight episodes long. But when I saw this trailer, all I could think of was like Hellboy. Uh Yeah. And. You know, now he's not seeing anything, and then and then you hear Vincent Price come in, and then you hear the, oh, that was just a that was a short one. Yeah, no, here it comes. But yeah, I don't want to watch the trailer because the trailer season two gives a trailer gives away some shit. So this is not the normal trailer. Luckily, there's a lot of things that it doesn't give away, so um, not too much is spoiled for you. It yeah yeah. My recommendation my recommendation is if you are when you do watch it. Don't watch more than a couple episodes a day. The reason why Valerian flopped at the box office. Oh, maybe they have a better take on it than we do. Yeah. All right, so that's all I got, man. The, Comic-Con had a bunch of stuff. It had Walking Dead and other things, but you know who gives a shit enough about more Arrow and Flash? And so that's all I got this week. You got anything else? Nope. All right, so. <laughs> I want to do it, man. Let me do it. Let me do it. You're stupid in here. Okay. All right, I'm me, you're you. Say la vie. See, it's catch out, it's catch on the flip side. It's dumb, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, because it, it, it should have just flowed off the tongue, but instead, it feels forced. Yeah, like uh, we. Uh. Yeah, I like the I me you're you. Yeah, that's but, fine. But it just has to flow. I don't. Know. I me you're you. This is Cinescape Magazine podcast. I mean, Have a nice day. You're you. This is Cinescape. Fucking goodbye. Catch you on the flip side. There you go. Bye. Good show! Jolly good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show, and if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle, that's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at... You can send me a tweet at tweet man. You can follow me. Fuck off. All right. Yeah. Follow. You can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet tweeter. You can tweeter me. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at what about you? MPS fifty one fifty because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember. Share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But Still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. 
like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We prefer Facebook, but, you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> shower, yeah. Share, share, the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. This is the end. It's the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself. Bah. Bah, uh, uh, uh.